Blog Talk Radio. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the first-class citizens of the world, welcome to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the keys 107. The program is The Communicators. I'm your host, Brother Leroy. Thankful to the Most High for blessing us with another day on this good earth, another day to do some good deeds for ourselves, our family, our community, and for humanity. And getting information and passing it along is a good deed. In fact, it's a very critical need and a very critical deed whenever we get information, seek it out, stumble onto it, and hear and feel that it would be of good for someone else to know just passing that information on is a good deed. Our guest this evening is a gentleman who is a practitioner in the area of public health. And his mission at this particular point in time is to get information to us about our water. We drink it, we bathe in it, we cook with it, and it's the source of life. But then again, there are those who have doctored with the water to the extent where there is a need for us to get information so that we can possibly avoid some of this doctoring or circumvented by methods that, of course, we'll explore during the course of this show. For those of you who are listening by way of Internet, you would plug into our show in terms of asking questions by calling 213-368. And there it goes again, ladies and gentlemen, just blanked out on me. So our engineer will give it to me in a minute. Once I I get it in front of me, I do apologize but um, you'll be able to plug into this program and ask questions. Our programs, the communicators, 
our classrooms where we share information and we invite you to join in, and I'll give that number uh, very shortly, which you will be able to use to call in and ask questions. Those already listening by telephone to this program, you got the number, and what you'll do is hit one on your telephone keypad that lets our engineer know that you have a question. Without further ado, we're very happy to have with us Dan Stockin, S-T-O-C-K-I-N, and we're talking about fluoride, the devastating effects on the public, both physically and mentally. And, Dan, thank you for joining us on on the communicators on the Keys 107 network. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I look forward to this time of sharing. Thank you for having me. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Dr. Randy Short, and uh, enable us to make contact with one another. And he's brought us many tremendous guests in the past. And looking over your material, especially the movie Fluoride Gate, Fluoride Gate is uh, an indicator of the kind of information that you have for us. Uh, Dan Stockton, uh, your background is public health. Please share with us how you came to be an advocate for information getting out about the dangers of fluoride. At what point in your journey in public health did that begin to occur and evolve to where it is today? What happened with me, I've been a career public health person, and I'm one of those people that used to dive into spills of radioactive materials and biologic agents and hazardous chemicals. I was somebody that put the white suit on and went in to clean up those kind of spills. And um, so in my career, my job has been to sort of analyze what chemicals do to people and to the environment. And I had never heard of the issue of fluoride chemicals being added to water because even though I had worked with dangerous fluoride compounds, I had never um, had lived in an area where it was added to the drinking water until about nine years ago when I moved into the south uh, outside of Nashville. And um, my boss got a skin rash, and she's very intuitive by nature, and the doctors could not get rid of it. And so she came to me. She saw these signs on the side of the road that said, approved fluoridated water. She's very intuitive, and she said, could this fluoride in the water that I'm showering in and drinking, could it be causing this rash that the doctors can't get rid of? So I did what I've done hundreds of times in my career. I just back away from a chemical and look at all the science and see how it, what happens to it when it goes in your body and what the science says. And I was just absolutely dumbfounded. This was a no-brainer. I found out that we had been adding this chemical to uh, drinking water to theoretically help prevent having, but nobody had ever done any whole-body health effects studies. Everyone had always focused on what it did to help prevent cavities, but obviously the thing when you ingest it, it doesn't just affect your teeth. It goes into every cell of your body. So it wasn't until about 10 years ago or 9 years ago that I was even aware of this. Even though I had worked with some really dangerous fluoride compounds, I just had never lived in an area where they put it in the drinking water. So that's how I came to be involved in it. And as soon as I found this information out, my boss, I shared it with her, and uh, she said, you know, she's a very ethical, very moral person, very ethical and, and a, a person who has strong values. And she said to me that she didn't feel it was morally right 
for us to take steps to protect our own families but not care about the people around us. So she said, we have to help everybody else, too. She said, I don't know who you have to talk to. Get it turned off. And that started my journey. I had no idea what, what lay ahead of me. And it's now been nine years since then. Hmm. Okay, okay. You, you. That's how you started. As you began to do this research, further research on fluoride, its impact on the body, what are some key or startling revelations that came your way? Information that was already there but not being shared with the public. You know, that is a really great way of saying it. Information that's there that's not being shared. I wound up having to basically go against the statements of my peers and my colleagues in the public health field. My reputation went basically in the toilet after that. But you know what? Sometimes in life there are just some things you just have to tell the truth about. It's always a higher price later on to not stand with the truth than the price you might pay today to stand for the truth. And so I began to find out what we knew in the science world of what it would do to certain groups of people. There are certain types of patients and certain types of citizens who just are more susceptible to harm from fluoride. And, for instance, we found out that babies were getting three to four times the amount of fluoride on a body weight basis than adults. And that's very, very sobering because, you know, a baby, their cells are dividing so rapidly and growing. And, again, it made no sense while your brain cells and everything was dividing and growing that you would expose little children in their infant milk formula that they mix with, with tap water. It made no sense. Why would we do this to young, young babies? Um, and the science showed that there was a concern that the babies could be overdosing, essentially, on fluoride. And, and it showed in a couple of different areas. Uh, one of the Real concerns, of course, the most visible thing is something called dental fluorosis, but that happens after your teeth come in. Um, babies don't have teeth when they're first born, and so what's kind of disturbing is is we found out that fluorides were actually altering the architecture of teeth um, when they did come in uh, up through the gums. Have you ever seen someone that has little funny white spots on their middle top? Yeah. Um, it was a sign nowadays 40% of, of uh, 12 to 15 year olds have these funny white spots on their teeth and it's a sign of fluoride overexposure but you, ha you have to ask yourself the question if fluoride do this to the hardest surfaces in your body which is your, your teeth what are they doing to our soft tissues like your brain and your thyroid gland and that really is a big concern for me today in this conversation. I wanted to talk about kidneys, thyroid glands, because so many people, particularly ladies today, have issues with low thyroid function, and so many wow. folks in the, black, in the black community and elsewhere have kidney ailments. So. Wait a minute. Dan, Dan, hold, hold tight. Hold tight. Uh, this kidney and this thyroid piece... I know you're getting ready to go into it. Um, so people who have, I'm, I'm projecting ahead, people who have, um, let's say they go for a medical and it said that their kidneys are not functioning 
as well functioning below the level that it that they should that this could be an indication that fluoride is having an impact on the kidneys well what there's a couple of things that happen it's kind of a vicious cycle one one of nine american adults now has some form of kidney disease and one of the really bad problems about kidney disease is, is it sneaks up on a person. It, it just sneaks up on you, and you don't really know what's about to happen until all of a sudden you have a problem. But one of the concerns is is that when you ingest fluoride, your body tries really hard to get rid of them because they're poisoned. And that's where they want, wind up being um, concentrated within your kidneys. Where your where your body is trying really hard, basically, so you can see them out. So the fluoride can actually damage the kidney tissue, or if your kidneys are not working well, then more more of the fluoride stays deposited in your bones, and that's what's very sobering. Many kidney patients have a painful bone syndrome, and so it's a vicious cycle. The worse your kidneys are the more fluoride you retain, and the more fluoride you retain, the more there is a concern for harm. So on the kidney side, the National Research Council has said that kidney patients are a particularly susceptible subgroup that is vulnerable to uh, harm from fluoride. So this is something you would think that every single person in the United States who is a kidney patient would be told, and that's part of the fluoride gate scandal. This story has not been told, and now it's starting to leak out, which is a good thing. Okay, so so I, I, I jumped ahead because I'm thinking of younger men, and this could be due to a combination of factors. And since this information, more and more younger men are being, I'm understanding, are being designated for kidney dialysis. And um, this, uh, even even an associate a, a few years ago, maybe about four years ago, passed. And um, as, as a result of being on dialysis and, and um, um, complications resulting from that, that's that's why I interrupted you, and I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and let you uh, start at that point where your focus, uh, you said, is on kidney and, and thyroid, et cetera. So go back, and even though you would cover the same material or information that you just gave, I, I need you to go um, over the kidney. I need you to go over the thyroid. And uh, so proceed. I, I apologize to you in the audience. Uh, that's fine. Um, the, the issue, I began to look into this issue when the National Research Council stated they had this 500-page report on fluorides that was issued in 2006. And, you know, people like me, nerdy science guys like me, we read this kind of stuff, but most people wouldn't read it. It's a 500-page thing with a whole bunch of chemical names in it. Well, there was a section in there where it talked about susceptible subgroups of the population. And they said that kidney patients and diabetics and uh, were two of these groups. They also mentioned seniors and babies. And, and of course, later on there were some concerns about um, thyroid. 
Well, I, I went to the National Kidney Foundation's website to find out what they were telling kidney patients about fluoride. And I was dumbfounded that they were still passing out. Um, this was in the year, like, 2007. They were still handing out a, a paper on fluoride, a, a position statement, that looked like it had been written on a typewriter. It was that old. And so I contacted them and some other folks, um, an attorney contacted them and a, an, an academic dentist, and sent them the latest information and said, um, why are you allowing your name to endorse the practice of adding uh, fluoride to water, supporting water fluoridation, given all this news? Well, they wound up having a meeting of their board of directors, and they changed their stance. They, they caused their name, that it was an endorser of water fluoridation, to be removed. They did that. And the new statement said, that chronic kidney disease patients, they said chronic kidney disease patients should be notified of the potential um, risk. And, and so they were going to do it via their website. But I kept looking to find some sort of story on their website, and it never appeared. And finally, I figured out that if you knew enough to type a search term on their website, uh, type in fluoridation, Eventually, you'd get brought to their new statement where they said they had withdrawn their previous statement about fluoride. And so I thought to myself, well, this is kind of odd. Why is it that they said they were going to notify kidney patients, but they didn't put up a link on their website? This has now become a part of the fluoride gate scandal. Turns out that we also broke the story a while back that black citizens and Hispanics are disproportionately harmed by fluoride. There's quite a bit of science to show it. And here's, here's one issue. We know that there is more kidney disease, diabetes, and, and thyroid impairment in black, black populations. And so we, we would think that this information would have been openly shared to kid, with kidney patients that they are more susceptible, that it, that it could create harm to their bones, to their kidneys, and, and create this vicious cycle. But it has not been shared openly. And then we found out that the issue of harm to black citizens particularly was like this Achilles heel, this big thing that nobody wanted to talk about. We released the story all across the United States that blacks are disproportionately harmed by fluoride. And a whole series of dominoes went into effect, which are very disturbing to me as a public health professional. Some documents surfaced, and I can talk about those later, but um, to just finish up about thyroid and kidney real quickly, um, the, the issue is, is that many kidney patients are also diabetic. I think you probably have heard and know that. And you mentioned dialysis. Um, most people don't know that when you're on a dialysis machine, they filter out the fluoride in the water that's used in dialysis because if they don't, the person can die of fluoride poisoning or at least get very, very sick from it. Periodically, those filters have broken down. Fortunately, it's been very rare. But when it does, um, people have died on the dialysis machine or immediately thereafter because of fluoride poisoning. So what's kind of sad and disturbing is they take it out of the dialysis water, but then the dialysis patients go home and they drink beverages that can have fluoride in it. That didn't make any sense to me. And so the fluoride gate scandal has begun to accelerate as some really common sense things like that, what I just mentioned, have gotten out to the public. And I have found kidney patients uh, who are white with anger, just so upset 
that nobody told them that fluorides accumulate in the kidneys before your body desperately tries to pee it out of your body. And that it can create a whole series of harmful effects to the kidneys or the bones or and then create, if you're a diabetic, a whole series of other issues um, because diabetics tend to be, they can, can be very thirsty. So they drink a lot of water. So they're drinking more fluoride. A very, very disturbing series of cycles that play one against the other and a vicious cycle that this is why I'm so grateful to you to having me on uh, to share this story. Well, Dan, we're, we're, <laughs> you have the information. On this side, we don't. And because it's new and it's startling, I need you to hit that piece again regarding the kidney dialysis and the filtering. I need you to just go back over it. The same words, give it back to us. Sure. sure. When, when they use water in the dialysis process, they have a filtration system that filters the water. They need the water to be consistent. And there's other things besides fluoride that need to come out of the water, but fluoride is an important part of it that has to come out. There have been accounts, in fact, they were cited by the Kidney Foundation in their new stance about fluoride. There have been accounts where a filtration system on the dialysis machine breaks down, and the fluoride water in the water gets through and is used in the dialysis process. And the kidney patient who is on the machine can become fluoride poisoned or even die from fluoride poisoning. You can be very sick or you can die. And people have actually died. And there have been, uh, fortunately, not very many of these cases, but it does, it has happened. And the Kidney Foundation actually warned in their new position paper how, about the importance of this dialysis, uh, you know, the fluoride being uh, removed for dialysis water. The thing that I find disturbing is, is that when a dialysis patient then goes home, and, you know, a lot of dialysis patients don't drink a lot of, of water, okay? They just don't. But the water that they do, how come no one is sharing the fact that if you're drinking city water, you're getting fluoride in that water in many, many, many cities? And what's also disturbing is certain foods and other beverages have fluoride in them because those foods or beverages are either made or processed with fluoridated water. So they take it out for dialysis, but then you go home and you're exposed to it in beverages and foods. Now, that doesn't okay. make any sense to me. Okay. You know, so, I would think so in dialysis, the they use water in dialysis, and they have a filter to filter out various elements, and among those is fluoride. And... It's important that fluoride is filtered out because in the dialysis it can it can poison the person's body. Give give that give that piece. If they didn't if they didn't filter it out, what would be happening in the body with the fluoride going through the filtration? Uh, not filtration going being involved in the dialysis process. Well, to begin with, fluorides are, if, I won't get into a lot of chemistry here, but the bottom line is fluorides have certain electrochemical properties 
um, based on their um, structure, uh, their atomic structure, and how they bind with other elements. Okay. And the fluorides are kind of like the big kid on the block, the big elephant on the block, and the fluorides disrupt a whole series of processes of enzyme functions and um, other chemical processes that occur in the body. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the problem with fluoride, there, there's a couple different ways that fluoride can affect a person. There is the long-term effects of fluoride, and then there's the sort of short-sudden or what we call acute effects. And, you know, I'm not a physician. I don't pretend to be a physician. I'm a public health professional. But mm-hmm. uh, this, you, I think everyone really needs to be educated about this issue because I have found that even physicians um, themselves, most doctors today heard about fluorides in water maybe back when they were in medical school and they heard this old old information about how it's really good for preventing cavities. But maybe fluorides do prevent a few cavities, but really what's kind of weird is we put it in the water years ago, 50 or 60 years ago, started doing it. The belief then was is that if you swallowed the fluoride when you were a child, before your permanent teeth erupt out of the gums, it, it said the fluoride would be incorporated into the tooth as it's forming, and it would be the strong cavity-resistant tooth. Yeah, yeah. Forward about, go forward about 50 years, and now we found out that actually the way fluoride prevents cavities, it's actually a kind of a limited action in preventing cavities, but the way it does do it is topically when it touches your teeth in the mouth. So that's why toothpaste, because they're topically touching your, your teeth, that's why um, the, the toothpaste would make a little bit more sense for someone because what do you do with the toothpaste? You spit it out. Now, why do we spit out toothpaste? Because of the fluoride in it. And most people have never read the back of their toothpaste tube. And tonight, you know, when you get off the air here or whenever someone hears this, go to the toothpaste tube and flip it over and read the warning on the back. It says, if you accidentally swallow more than used for brushing all the poison control center. And mm-hmm. um, why is that? Because, because fluoride is a poison. Mm. So what, what's really bizarre about this whole thing is, and I'm going to share something that I can guarantee hardly anyone hearing this has ever heard. You know when you put toothpaste on your toothbrush, how much are you supposed to put on for a small child? Do you have any idea? Have you ever thought about that? Most people, they put, you know, mm-hmm. Maybe what what do you do? You have any thoughts about that? I have I have no thoughts on it. What comes to mind is the visual of toothpaste with animals and stuff on it to be attractive to children, and in light of that, and they they could use they could load it up, and then some of the things have multicolored like coming out like a peppermint stick, and I can only envision children loading up on the stuff because of how they have made it attractive to children, but I have no idea of how much. Well, let me give you a, and you really, boy, I, I'm so I'm so amazed. That, that was just was very insightful. So few people, what you just said was very insightful about the coloring and the cartoon characters. And, and you know, for me, that is um, so so insightful because, you hit at the crux of the issue. Most children swallow toothpaste. Why? Mm. 
well because they put fairies and unicorns on it and, and they mm-hmm. make it all sparkly in different colors. But if you read on the back of the toothpaste tube, it says, uh, you know, that you're supposed to spit it out. And interestingly enough today, um, probably you didn't know this, that there is toothpaste made for toddlers and younger that that has no fluoride in it. Mm. Let's just say you're a four-year-old child, or, or no, let's just say you have a two-year-old, and if your two-year-old does have a few teeth that have begun to come through, and you'd like to uh, teach them to brush their teeth, maybe a three-year-old, something like this. The amount of fluoride toothpaste that is supposed to be put on that toothbrush for someone who's uh, say around three, four, or something like that, is about the size what they call a sear. It's less than a lentil. A lentil, a lentil is way smaller. A lentil might be twenty um, uh, percent uh, of a green tea in terms of size. <laughs> and it is. It's almost kind of funny if it wasn't so toxic. The issue is that that little lentil size of fluoridated toothpaste, that tiny little bit. Now I'd yeah. like you to picture. Now picture a large glass of drinking water. Um, you know, you go to your sit, your sink, and you're getting yeah. some city water out of the tap. And right. You fill up a large glass, and I'd like you to picture that toothbrush with the lentil size or smaller smear of fluoridated toothpaste on it, sitting next to a large glass of city water with fluoride in it. The interesting and yet disturbing part is, for the toothpaste, you're supposed to spit it out. But the same amount of toothpaste that's in that that tiny bit on the toothbrush is in a large glass of drinking water that you don't spit out. In fact, people say, drink a lot of water. So yeah. does, it, does it make any sense at all that we would spit out the fluoride from toothpaste but swallow multiple times a day throughout mm. our whole lives the fluoride in the water? No, it makes it makes no sense. This again is part of the fluoride gate scandal. This scandal is so big, I can tell you this. I now talk to law firms regularly. This is going to dwarf asbestos and may dwarf tobacco in the United States court system. It is that big. Then I want you to hold on while we identify who we are. And where we are, this is blogtalkradio.com forward slash the keys, K E Y S 107, the number 107. And you're listening to the communicators. I'm your host, Brother Leroy. Our guest online is Dan Stockin, and we're talking about fluoride, its impact on our families. And this, once again, is a classroom. You can join in on the conversation by calling 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618, and hitting 1 on your telephone keypad that lets our engineer know that you have a question. Joining in on the conversation with Dan Stockton, he's a public health expert specialist, and I'm Brother Leroy. I'm in the classroom. I'm asking questions. But, ladies and gentlemen, this impacts on all of us, so you're welcome to call in. After these announcements, we have announcements coming up, and we invite you to listen to them very closely. One is a 
a children's book, which is important for us to present information to our children and help them learn at home. And, of course, this dialogue with Dan Stockton is going to be the source of conversations that you're going to have not only with your wife, your loved one, but also with your children. We'll be right back after these announcements. Stay tuned. Keys 107 and the FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, The Final Call follows in the tradition of Muhammad Speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the Final Call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the Final Call newspaper. You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing at the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories, and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Radio.com. This is the communicators coming to you over blogtalkradio.com. And I'm Brother Leroy, your host. Our guest online is Dan Stock, and we're talking about fluoride, its impact on our families. I believe we have a caller. Telephone number is 213-943-3618. Caller, are you on the air? Please ask your question of Dan Stockton. Yes, uh, good evening, brothers. Uh, thank you for the program, Leroy. Um, I have my usual multi-part question. 
I'd like to give I'd like him to give some breakdown about the different types of fluoride because I've heard Alex Jones refer to um sodium fluoride versus a type of fluoride that is uh, strictly a waste product and it has all kinds of poisons and I'm not sure whether that's a type of fluoride that also releases a type of radiation which is in the uh, Texas water. I'd like to know why black children, if if you're with me so far, uh, Brother Dan, why black children have more of a set uh, are more susceptible to a type of fluorosis, they're more likely and it impacts black children as they're growing up. Do you know why? what it is about our system that causes that? I'd also like him to speak on why boys and they have a tendency drinking fluoride in water to get uh, males get more bone cancer. And lastly, I like to know how do we wake up these city officials? I understand that in New York City, Peter Ballone, who's a very much a contrarian, seems to be moving forward with removing the fluoride, but I haven't heard anything updated. And why don't they get that you're using what used to be a rat poison, as I understand, and a poisonous waste product from mining? To be out of our water, and I and I listen over the air, and I hope you got all of my questions. Thank you. Uh, okay, I, I wrote down your questions, and I'll try to address them quickly in order. Uh, there are different kinds of fluoride chemical. Um, the kind that was originally thought that they would put in the water, uh, people talk a lot about sodium fluoride. Today, most of the fluoride is a different kind of compound, it still has fluoride in it, fluoride um, in the compound. The issue is, when it comes right down to it, um, does really what people, there, there's a lot of chemistry behind this, but, but the real issue is, is that certain kinds of fluoride are absorbed less readily by your digestive tract than other kinds. And so uh, the kind that originally that's in many toothpaste today, sodium fluoride, that sodium, that fluoride is absorbed very quickly in the digestive tract compared to the kind that you might get, let's say, that's found naturally in well water. That would be calcium fluoride. Uh, it's about 20 times, uh, 20 times faster or better absorbed. Um, there's another kind of fluoride that the chemical name is very, maybe it's not that useful to know. It's, it's called hydrofluorosilicic acid. Bottom line of it is, is that that chemical, which is used in most fluoridation systems, uh, such as in New York City and other places, um, that chemical is uh, a collected air pollutant emission from smokestacks on fertilizer factories. And I know that sounds just bizarre. Um, the bottom line of that, of course, is, is that there was a way to save some money. Um, these mining facilities uh, in producing uh, phosphorus ore for fertilizer, and you drag the stuff out of the ground, and it comes contaminated with um, a lot of things, including fluoride. And as the stuff is being processed to make fertilizer, the gases coming up through the smokestacks would make, uh, they were heavily uh, infused with fluoride, and when it landed on cows and crops around the facilities, it created real problems. They decided they would collect that stuff, 
is something called a scrubber. It's a, a technology just basically uh, you put it on the smokestack and it collects this liquor, they call it. It's a liquid, a lot of fluoride in it. Um, and that liquid, you can't dump it in international waters. You can't dump it in a lake or a river. Uh, but you can slowly drip it into the public water supply and call it good and safe and mom's apple pie and all-American because it prevents cavities, which makes absolutely no sense. The um, And I know that what I just said is a big, humongous mouthful for anyone who's never heard it. It's almost incredulous sounding, but it's a way of saving money if that collected air pollutant emission had to be disposed in a hazardous waste landfill. It would be so prohibitively expensive, it's amazing. Unfortunately, today, uh, a lot of it, of course, uh, came from the United States originally. Now that chemical, a lot of it comes uh, in a dry form from Mexico or a liquid form from China, and you can draw your own conclusions about the safety and quality control of that stuff. There are some radioactive, um, some radiation-emitting particles uh, in this stuff because that's the way it comes out of the ground. And um, I could spend quite a bit of time on that, but... I guess I just thought it would be useful to say that um, all fluoride, uh, Mother Nature tries to keep fluorides away from us to a large extent. We're not supposed to be exposed to fluoride. I think we have a personal responsibility. On my personal soapbox, I would say, I think that it's, a person should uh, educate themselves. We have a personal responsibility to take care of our body, and, and I think we need to be smart and get educated about all this. And... Um, there's about four other questions you asked, and I don't know. Um, did you want, uh, Brother Leroy, did you want to interject something before I address the other ones? or No, if you got those questions, um, or, or, or you, you wrote her questions down. The, 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 the thing that comes to mind as you, first of all, you, in, in, in the movie uh, Fluoride, Fluoride Gate, the film, the, doc, the documentary, the film, and also in your uh, part of your answer that you responded to her with is is that this stuff is waste. And the question comes to the consumer, and I'm a consumer, if it's waste, why would it be put into the water, the drinking water? The answer that comes up in my radar, is that it's a money deal that wherever this stuff is coming from is sold to the cities to put into the water, and therefore there's a money transaction coming off of waste that is waste but being packaged as healthy. How right am I on that? Like you, you've hit the nail on the head there. There is people. You will often hear dentists say that, you know, we're doing a noble thing. We're um, we're preventing cavities by adding fluoride to water. It's actually costing us money. We're not making as much money because we're preventing cavities. They leave out some of the economics of this when they make that statement. And and this is what's so disturbing to me. And and I think most dentists in clear conscience, they actually believe these statements. They were they were fed this information in dental school, and very few dentists have ever read the toxicology studies that have come out in, say, the past 15 years. Or, I mean, it's just amazing how much more we know today. But um, it is an issue of money. The, the waste is making money for the people that um, provide it. The 
dentists are actually making money repairing fluoride damage to teeth, this dental fluorosis spot that I'm talking, that I mentioned before. And uh, you know that cosmetic dentistry is the fastest growing segment of dentistry today. And a lot of people, you know, they're buying whitening strips and all this kind of thing. The economic angle of this is, is right there. If you follow the money, clearly there's something happening here. But I, I'd like to say this. It's also not just about earning money. At this point, my experience is it's about preventing folks from being sued. And I did want to touch on that for a minute. This, there are people today listening to this as they hear it who either are kidney patients that nobody bothered to tell them uh, about what fluorides do, and they, there was a failure to warn there. And I'm not an attorney. I, 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 I'm not an attorney. We've talked to a lot of attorneys, growing number of them today. Um, but people who have to have pains in their teeth, who have thyroid concerns, I find a lot more people today say, wow, are they mad? They want to know how come they at least weren't told. And there are people now, the first lawsuit has been filed in federal district court in Maryland over dental fluorosis. And I wanted to just share that if anyone hearing this thinks they or their children has those spots on their teeth and they'd like to get involved in helping end water fluoridation, one of the key things is no one has ever been put under oath to ask really hard questions about fluoride. Um, there was a couple things in the 1960s that happened, but those cases weren't what we're talking about here. I'm talking about personal injury kinds of cases. And we're, I believe that the way to collapse water fluoridation is for people who want to get involved actually bring legal action, who want to actually hold their water utilities and the fluoride promoters accountable. And there are some options that are available these days and some attorneys to talk with, but I don't, I don't, I don't have a financial relationship with them or anything like this. I'm just saying that I think it's important that if we want to end this practice, knowing how entrenched it is, there's certain ways that I believe that we can do it. And one of those things is to get people put under oath in fluoride gate hearing held by political bodies, federal and state, et cetera, and also in court cases. Because when really pointed questions are asked, the whole thing is going to collapse. So if anyone is interested, if they, if they know, like if they think they or their children or someone they know has those spots on their feet, if they'd like to go to our website, I have some pictures of this dental fluorosis that they could um, look at and see if it kind of looks like it. Or they could just email me and send me some photos of the teeth and, and uh, we might be able to figure out and get someone there, a dentist, to um, uh, tell them, you know, is this dental fluorosis or not. I just wanted to put in a, a quick statement about that before we get back to the questions, that I'm all about ending fluoridation, and I'm not about venting. I think a lot of people today, they vent, they're angry, but we have to do more than that. We have to direct what we say towards the people that have the power to effect change. And that's why I'm so grateful for you sharing this, uh, because I think that there are so many people who have babies who deserve to be upset, and their children may have these dental fluorosis uh, stains, which are going to cost $100,000 or more over their lifetime, like the case in Maryland, to fix it just for the dental cost. So I did want to just share there is a money trail. It's, it's about the waste, and it's also about preventing um, lawsuits from occurring, because my belief is, this is my personal belief, that this 
whole thing, there's going to be a calamitous collapse of fluoridation. And I particularly believe that um, people who are um, kidney patients and members of the black community are really critical in this because we have solid science now to show that they should have been warned and they haven't been. Hmm. Okay, so that brings us back to her question list. Yes. How and why are blacks and uh, Puerto Ricans, that's in the film, they absorb more of the of the fluoride or no, no, they absorb more of negative elements like lead into their system as a result of fluoride being in the water, et cetera. So um but but I'm thinking I'm adding to her question the absorption. Why are blacks and Puerto Ricans more susceptible to the negative effects of fluoride than other groups? Well, it, it, the movie, the Fluoride Gate movie, which can be seen at fluoridegate.org, um, that the movie talks about um, the, the lead issue and it talks about certain groups being susceptible. There is science now that shows that black children are ingesting significantly more fluoride than white children. That was in a dental journal, the Journal of Public Health Dentistry. Um, so the question is, is the harm happening because, for instance, maybe in lower income communities, they drink, there's more drinking of um, tap water than other beverages such as milk or other things? And there is some suggestion that it, it may be that the harm is disproportionately more so in blacks than Hispanics um, just due to ingesting more. There is also a thought that there may be a genetic component in the black community that may be uh, creating some more of the um, harm from dental chlorosis, et cetera. So we don't know yet for sure all of the variables. We do know that there is more dental chlorosis in black population. Absolutely, there's no question about that. Also in Hispanic compared to white. That's solid. The only issue is how much of it is genetic versus how much of it is, say, increased exposure to more fluoridated water or, or some, from other sources. Um, one of the questions was about bone cancer, and that is a real issue. There is a concern that a certain kind of uh, more rare bone cancer that can be pretty serious, fatal, or you can have a limb amputated. It's called osteosarcoma. There's uh, five to 700% more of it in young males who drink fluoridated water than uh, young girls. And that's a very serious, serious thing. And because it's such a serious cancer, if you get it, osteosarcoma. And, you know, um, the caller mentioned about New York City Councilman Vallone. I just wanted to applaud what uh, Councilman Vallone has done. He's introduced legislation to stop fluoridation there. But, you know, the, the lobbying is so intense. The money is so powerful that's come from so many of uh, the, the dental lobby kind of folks that it's very difficult, it has been historically anyway, up until now, for people to be willing to, to basically take the flack that comes from speaking out. But that's starting to change. Cities are like uh, rejecting it. Wichita, Kansas, last fall, uh, one of the larger cities that were not fluoridated, there was a full court press, and they managed to resist it and even being outspent dramatically. Why is fluoridation continuing? The reason I see it continuing today 
even though the rest of the world has largely figured this out and it's harmful, is due to the fact that there's a fear of lawsuits and there's professional embarrassment. I mean, there's a whole lot of people who have chimed in and have figured, you know, that this is something that they can help people with and they've lent their names to it. But in my mind, health trumps all this embarrassment and fear of lawsuits stuff. And so that's why I think it's continuing largely today. Um, people do need to be involved. There's a chance, a real opportunity. The house of cards that is fluoridation is wobbling. And we need people today who are uh, want to be involved to um, get involved. Uh, for instance, we've had some very high-profile people, uh, such as uh, Bernice King has spoken out on radio calling for a halt to fluoridation. Alveda King has called for a halt to fluoridation on her blog and in other places. Uh, Dr. Durley and Master Young have sent letters to the Georgia State Legislature calling for a halt to fluoridation. So we, we need more and more people to um, want to be involved, and, and, and please feel free to contact me by email. Uh, I can give my contact information if that's appropriate at some point. Yes. Okay, telephone number here. To speak with Dan Stockin at this moment during the course of our show, we only have a few more minutes left. Telephone number 213-943-3618-213-943-3618. Hit 1 on your telephone keypad. That will put you into the stream of asking a question here on the communicators. Uh, Dan, the that fluorosis is called fluorosis, correct? Yes. And and we look at these little children's teeth, and they're uh, discolored. Some have white spots. And we think that is due to bad nutrition. You know, we're not dentists. We look at, at these children's teeth. We think it's due to bad nutrition, and all the while it's exposure to fluoride that's causing the discoloration in these young children's teeth. I'm not talking about cavities. I'm talking about the discoloration. It's very prominent in the in the uh, pictures, in the movie, in the documentary Fluoride Fluoride Gate. Yes, that that issue of the stains on the teeth, uh, it is something that is hard, of course, on radio to talk about that without seeing the pictures. But many people have wondered their whole lifetime about why are these funny spots on the teeth, and or their children have it, and. What's really kind of disturbing about it is the system for classifying it. I could go into that, but I won't right now. But it's designed to dismiss it, to diminish it. Many people do think that those spots in their teeth are caused by poor hygiene. Like, you know, someone may think, a lot of people, I get parents calling me, their children won't smile for their school wow. pictures because of their teeth. Then they get out of high school and they're embarrassed to go to job interviews because they think that the person interviewing them believes that they're unclean, that they did not have good hygiene. And you should hear the stories, the horrible stories of how people's self-esteem and, and social skills have been deeply affected while the Centers for Disease Control and the dental lobby says, oh, those are just cosmetic issues. It's not a health issue. No, no problem. And that's all going to come out in the court cases. So we are, to have people who want to get involved, uh, 
who are upset about it on a follow-through, that's just super. That's just really good. Talk about thyroid. Talk about the impact on the thyroid. Yes, yeah, so many people today have um, low thyroid function. And you know what happens when, particularly ladies, when they have low thyroid function, what's one of the first things that happens? You gain weight. Um, your, your body furnace drops in temperature a little bit, and you'll burn off the calories as much. And the first thing, you just gain weight, and people don't know why. Now, I'm not saying that fluoride is the only thing that causes low thyroid function, but if, if, if a person has a diet low in iodine already, and then they're also exposed to fluoride, and most people today are low in iodine and exposed to fluoride, they just fulfilled those two criteria, then this issue of thyroid impairment can step in. And fluorides, because of their chemical structure, uh, can block uptake of iodine. And it's very disturbing, particularly how this sort of builds over time. And because so many people today have hypothyroidism or some form of thyroid disorder, I just strongly encourage folks to educate themselves. Um, there's some, some wonderful websites where you can learn all about the science. But the main thing is is to voice displeasure to the water utilities and to our politicians. It's to call for fluoride gate hearing and to... Uh, to actually, if a person is interested in bringing legal actions, to look into what the options are with that. And, you know, like, I can't make any promises about that, obviously, about anyone winning this or that legal option. But what has happened is pro-fluoride side has, has faded along for a long time, and now the story is leaking out. So that's good. Telephone number 213-943-3618. You'll be on the air with Dan Stockton. We only have a few more minutes with him. This is our first interview with him. We want to thank Randy Short for putting us in contact with one another. The information is invaluable. The dialysis piece is something that's very, very critical to a lot of listeners in the audience. Uh, if an individual dies on that dialysis table, there's no way for his family to know that that filtration, uh, if that were the, the, the reason that that filtration didn't work uh, as it relates to filtering out the, the fluoride, uh, the only way that they could know is by having an autopsy done and the you know, it's revealed as to why that individual died. Um, well, the issue about that is, fortunately, these things happening on a dialysis system, the filters fa failing, that's exceedingly rare. And typically, if that did happen, more than one person would be affected. Who, In other words, the system that, um, that filters okay. it for all of the dialysis centers there... Usually you, you have plus of people, a group of people would have fluoride intoxication. Um, so, uh, you know, that I don't want to overflow that because it's not proper to. But at the same time, why hasn't dialysis patients been told this? I think they should be. And why are dialysis doctors, I mean, kidney doctors, even the nephrologists, kidney doctors that I've spoken with, they don't know all the science that's come out. And there are just a whole series of issues related to this. So um, I think I'm just so grateful that you're having this discussion uh, because 
There's a couple of websites that people want to learn. Is it okay if I give some websites oh, now? Yes, yes please. Your the the websites, the documentary film, how folks can connect with you. Okay. Um, the if anyone would like to contact uh, uh, me, our website is a very simple website. It's powerandhealth.org. Spell it all out. Power a n d health. Powerandhealth.org. Um, the the movie can be seen at fluoridegate.org. That's F L U O R I D E D A T E. Fluoride Gate, like Watergate, fluoridegate.org. Um, there's another really great uh, site that has a health effects database where one can learn about thyroid and kidney issues. That's at fluoridealert.org. Fluoridealert.org. And if anyone would like to email me, just straight to me, I'll give you my email address. Stockin2 at yahoo.com. That's S-T-O-C-K-I-N, and then the numeral 2, S-T-O-C-K-I-N2 at yahoo.com. And um, I can also give a phone number, uh, but it's probably better if they, uh, I can give you the phone number. I don't know if that's appropriate. Um, uh, you, you, can, you can give whatever contact information you uh, feel necessary for our folks to to be in a position to respond or pass that information on to someone else. Okay, well, you can reach me at 706-669-0786. That's 706-669-0786. And if, if particularly if you know someone that has those spots on their teeth or if your, your children um, have the spots on their teeth or, or you have them, um, we are looking to find people. We... Our organization, which is called the Lilly Center for Scientific Research and Development in Health and Alternative Energy, we have a two-fold focus, um, health and, and energy, uh, alternative energy development. And um, our, our website is powerandhealth.org. But we are looking to, to talk with people whose children have these spots on their teeth. And we, I get moms and dads, they actually, I just had a lady today call me up and she sent me some photos of her kids' teeth and um, sure enough, the little little boy, one of them has the stains on 20 feet. Mm. Another uh, another brother, the, the son, there are two brothers in the same family, has it on 14 teeth. Some only have it on two teeth, but if it's right front in the top middle, that's very visible. And it's a real concern to me because if it does that to your teeth, what has it already done to the brain? The Chinese have a whole bunch of studies talking about diminishment of IQ due to fluoride and water, and Harvard researchers this last summer documented that. We didn't even get into the whole issue of impaired IQ from fluoride. Well, Dan, Dan, we have some announcements coming up just before we end the show. And after these announcements, what I would like for you to do is touch on how um, young mothers or mothers who have babies, and a lot of them are on formula. We don't advocate formula on this show, but we're dealing with the reality out there that they're using formula and they're using water. Uh, how uh, can they identify fluoride-free water or what can be and what can be done for the general public to get fluoride out of the water if or while individuals uh, mobilize to 
get their council people behind the efforts of people like Peter Ballone in New York City, what can be done? Are there filters that can be used on these uh, tap water? Or is bottled water uh, safe, or is it from the same sources that we're using for our own, you know, in-house? So we have these few announcements. After that, you can address some, quote, solutions to what you're making us aware of today. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, show is the communicators. I'm Brother Leroy, your host. Our guest is Dan Stockin, S-T-O-C-K-I-N, and uh, we're on the Keys 107 Network, and we'll be right back after these announcements. Keys 107 and the FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, The Final Call follows in the tradition of Muhammad's speech with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the Final Call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the Final Call newspaper. Can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com. Rafika Consultants and Services LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet, now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and a gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuff shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, back, ladies and gentlemen, the Keys 107 Network. The program is The Communicators. I'm Brother Leroy, your host. Our guest online is Dan Stockin. He's a specialist in public health, and we're talking about the impact, the negative impact of fluoride on our families. Uh, Dan, 
what are some solutions? Um, bottled water, distilled water, filters on our faucets in the home. What can the public do? These are very important points. One of the issues is with fluoride in drinking water is we cannot control the dose that a person ingests. One person might be a 105-pound lady and might drink uh, quite a bit of water in one day, and a 250-pound guy might drink half of that or four times as much. A little baby is going to drink a humongous amount of water relative in, in formula relative to their body weight. So how, do, how does one know if it's in New York City water, it has fluoride in it, if it's in New York City proper? The um, carbon filters that you get on those things that hook up to your faucet, if they're carbon filters, they do not take fluoride out of the water. The systems that will remove fluoride out of the water at, your, at a person's home are typically a water distillation system or some reverse osmosis programs or systems that can remove anywhere from 45 to 95%. A distiller takes most, uh, basically takes it all out. But those, all of these other systems, they're not cheap. Unfortunately, it's very expensive, and I think this is really an environmental justice issue that folks who have the least amount of income are the ones most likely not be able to avoid the fluoride. If you buy bottled water, some has fluoride in it, some doesn't, and unfortunately, there's no labeling requirement. There is some water sold at uh, big stores like Walmart, Target, that is fluoride-free for making baby formula. The uh, Gerber company sells one called Gerber Pure, and uh, there's some other ones out there that actually add fluoride deliberately, and it's just kind of bizarre. But Gerber gets it, and they are now selling a bottle called, uh, a one gallon called Gerber Pure, so the parents of young babies won't use fluoridated city water to make baby formula. Um, Colgate is actually selling Aquafresh and Orogel, some of these other brands, are actually selling a toddler training toothpaste that the box says, fluoride-free, safe if swallowed. Now, that's an amazing statement, fluoride-free, safe if swallowed. Well, that's, what about the folks that don't know about this toothpaste? Uh, do their babies don't count? What if you don't know about Gerber's water? Do your babies not count? What if you can't afford it? Obviously, this is not fair. And so um, just because one buys bottled water, there may be fluoride removed. There may not. It just depends on the brand, and you'd have to kind of check with the manufacturer. Um, but those filtration systems are very expensive. Uh, distiller will take it out. Um, but, you know, there's this process. This is why it's so important that we end fluoridation once and for all. A lot of cities are now voting to do that, or a growing number, I should say. A lot in Canada have recently, um, but it's a little slower here in the U.S. because of all the dental lobby influence. So, um, so I think you you would ask um, Brother Leroy about the idea of how can people get involved to uh, get this thing to end. Right. I think it's really very important that folks watch the movie Fluoride Gate and then send that movie the link, or they can buy at their website. We can people can buy the disc DVD of it, and but send it to the politicians and send emails and say you need to support Councilman Vallone's efforts in fluoridation in New York City. Um, but the other thing to do, basically, is to always voice your concerns to your water utility. Uh, that's just a really key thing, to voice your concerns to the media, to the water utilities, 
and even pursue your legal options. And I can't say what all those are, but I encourage folks to do that at this point. Hit the um, the filtration process that is ideal to have in the home. The one in the home is a wa- you can buy water distillers that are out there. They take out basically everything but the oxygen and the hydrogen, and and you're going to get the, the fluoride will all be gone with a distiller system. And um, you can go online and find some folks that sell those. Until fluoridation ends, that's one way to protect yourself, absolutely, or to get a bottled water that you have uh, conclusive information from the manufacturer that the fluoride has been removed. Excellent. And, Darren, give the uh, email and phone number to reach you for our folks in the audience. Sure. Our web address is powerandhealth.org, powerandhealth.org. My email address is stockin2 at yahoo.com, which is S-T-O-C-K-I-N, and then the numeral 2, stockin2 at yahoo.com. And the phone number is 706. 669-0786. Dan Stockton, I want to thank you very much. I'll also extend thanks once again to Randy Short for setting this interview up with us. This is your first interview with us. We are going to march you through the other programs that we do so that you hit all of the audience segments that we're blessed to reach. I want to thank you very much for your spirit, your participation in making humanity a safer and healthier place or entity to be and wish you and your family the very best. God bless you, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been The Communicators coming to you over the Keys 107 Network tomorrow on www.whcr.org. That's Harlem Community Radio. WHCR.org. We're going to be dealing with a chapter out of the page of Planned Parenthood. And we're talking about sterilization. And uh, uh, that's going to be in the first part of our program. The second part of our program is going to be on building wealth through positive mental attitude. Building wealth. Not a matter of being rich, rich, rich. It's a matter of building a wealth-minded mentality. It's available to each and every one. We're going to have a brother, Ali, on. He's going to discuss an upcoming event where you're going to be exposed to some power-thinking individuals. Remember, this is not above your head, way out of sight, um, magic, magicians, and that sort of thing. Whenever you come around or exposed to positive thinking individuals, you're going to pick up some things that you can use in your everyday life. We're all going to, also going to have a, um, well, an interview with Carl Dix. He's with an organization that is promoting a film that has a very intriguing title. All of this takes place between 1 and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 1 and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on www.whcr.org. That's tomorrow, Sunday. And a reminder for folks who are in the Harlem community, 
The Mars is on 127th Street between Malcolm X Boulevard and Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard. And uh, those of you in the Harlem community, you're welcome to be my guest tomorrow. Come on out. You'll be there at 11, and you'll be out at 12.30. And right after that, you can listen to Brother Leroy on the Communicators, www.whcr.org. God bless you all. Thank you for your support of the various products and services on the Keys 107 Network and, of course, your support of listening to the communicators and the other programs we have on the Keys 107. God bless you all with a wonderful and a fantastic night. I want to thank our engineer, Brother Elijah, Brother James, Sister Rafika, Brother Jason, and Brother Forrest, and each and every one who's made it possible for the Keys 107 to be there. God bless you. Peace. Student Minister Abdul Hafiz Muhammad and the believers cordially invite you to visit Muhammad's Mosque Number no. 7, located at 106-8 West 127th Street, Harlem, New York, between Adam Clayton Powell and Malcolm X Boulevards. Meeting times are Sundays, 10 o'clock a.m., Wednesdays at 8 p.m., and Juma Prayer Fridays at 1.15 p.m. For more information, dial 212 865 one two hundred. Once again, two one two eight six five one two hundred or www.mosque7.org. Brothers and sisters, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Student Minister Henry Muhammad, and the believers cordially invite you to visit Muhammad's Mosque Number no. Seven C in Brooklyn, located at two o two B. Pennsylvania Avenue between Pitkin and Glenmore Avenues. Meeting times are Sundays at 11 o'clock, doors open promptly at 10, and Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. For more information, dial 718-342-1900. Once again, that's 718-342-1900 or www.mohammedmosque7c.org. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites, 
For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing at the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed. 